dropping across the ether at the speed of bites. And Vivica, I know you didn't expect it to happen again, but I remain batting a thousand. We have ended up exactly where we're supposed to be. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of TGA Unofficial Live. Thrilled to be here uh, back in southwestern Virginia with uh, my good friend Vivica, who is in Atlanta, Georgia. And I don't even know where Blake is, but we're going to figure that out really soon. But we're thrilled to have Blake Schofield with us today. Vivica, how the heck are you today? It's a little chilly in Atlanta. Yeah, I hear it's like 64 degrees and sunny there, you poor thing. Frigid. It's a frigid 64. Um, all good. Missed you last week, but I'm sure you had a blast, as I can see from the social media evidence. I paid people a lot of money to paste those smiles on their faces. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Well, we're here with Miss Blake. And uh, Blake, introduce yourself to all the guardians and hopefully soon to be guardians that are that are watching us today. Thank you so much for having me on. I love what you guys are doing here. And um, hmm, how do I introduce myself? Well, interestingly enough, I've been uh, I would consider myself one of the OGs in Nick Peterson's world. Um, I've been around. I met him in uh, early 2018. And so have kind of been along for the ride and, um, just feel really blessed to be a part of this community and a part of what we are doing together. Uh, one of the biggest things that I always tell people through this journey is, uh, allow yourself time to continue to learn the lessons so that you can really embody them. Uh, that's one of the reasons I've been around as long as I have. And, um, I continue to benefit over and over and over again from that process. And so what can I tell you a little bit about myself? I spent, um, I started my own business in 2017. I used to be in corporate retail. I actually spent 18 years in corporate retail, two years in human resources. And then I was a merchant. So I was building, growing and turning around seven, eight, nine figure businesses was very successful at that, but felt sort of this roller coaster of being fulfilled and unfulfilled and ultimately got to a place where I was tired of sacrificing my life, my health, my family. And I really wanted to just do more fulfilling work. And that sort of kicked off the amazing last six years of my life where I've really been able to truly find alignment for myself, um, peace, joy, ease, impact, and then been able to take those lessons to help other people do the same. I love, love it. it. Like I, one of the, I, I, what I love about just that little slice of your origin story is that, um, you know, based on the rules of the game of life that were taught in school and on the job, it sounds like you had achieved a lot of success. Um, and yet you found yourself not feeling very successful or, or completely fulfilled in that version. So I would love to hear just like, you know, what, what is a working definition of success and fulfillment that you're working with now? And, and how is what you're doing now um, bringing you more of that than you were receiving when you were getting what many people probably dream of as the, uh, you know, a definition of success and fulfillment? Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. I definitely led a life that externally everyone saw, right? It was success on a piece of paper. It was what I had been taught. Um, from a family, from a society, from a culture was success. When I left corporate America, I was making over $200,000 a year, which for women means I was in the top, you know, four or five-ish percent of the world in terms of the income I was making. Uh, I 
was highly successful in what I was doing. Uh, many people that I worked with regarded me as like a great example of how to balance. I have three kids, you know, how to balance all of it. And yet for me, um, I just really innately felt like something was missing. There was more for my life. Uh, I remember many times saying I thought my life would be more impactful than this. And while I was making millions of dollars for the companies that I worked for, um, often I would come back and say, was it really worth it? And uh, it was innately that struggle that led me to start to say, after many cross-country moves, after always hoping the next job, the next company, the next right boss would finally make it worth it, that I was willing to sacrifice the money so that I could have a more sane life, do more fulfilling work and pick my kids up and right, pick my kids up and take them to school. That was my dream in early 2017 when I quit uh, corporate America. At the time, I had no idea really the root cause of why I was unfulfilled. And I see this all of the time. Most people really don't understand that they're suffering at all because it's become normal. It's like that old story of the frog that's sitting in the pot and it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter and, and then he eventually boils and has no idea. I really didn't understand the root cause of why I was unfulfilled. I like so many people thought it was the job or the culture. Um, and through this journey, what it's really enabled me to see was that it was so much deeper than that. At the heart of how we define success or how I define success is that it is a personal definition. And this is where I think so many people get it wrong is because as a society, we define success in a very clear way. Our parents define success in a very clear way. And it's not until we really go deep enough to understand our own personal values, how we're built, who we are, the difference we want to make in the world, that we truly can create that type of success. Uh, through the journey, I had no idea. Um I had no idea when I started this journey what it would be and what a huge blessing it's been because what it's really taught me is to strip away the trauma, the belief systems, the conditioning, all of the things that I used to believe were just the way life was or just who I was or just how things were um, to really get at the root of who I really am, how God made me. Um, what my deepest uh, belief systems, values, heart, joy, impact is. And um, I saw glitterings of that as a young child. I think we all do until our parents come and tell us how things should be. You know what I mean? And um, that young girl knew exactly who she was. And unfortunately, somehow, like most of us, got lost in what everybody told her she should be or uh, the way things should go. And so for me, it's been such an amazing journey because I remember at 10, 12, 15, I was studying near-death experiences, spirituality, ESP, handwriting analysis, personality analysis, dream analysis, successful creative entrepreneurs. I knew who I was all the way back then. Um, and like I said, somehow, lost it. And so in this journey for me, it's been such a beautiful thing to help people understand and connect back to who they truly are. Because at 15, I remember looking around at the world and at seven, I knew 
I was different. I knew I saw the world differently. Uh, and I, like most of us, thought something was wrong with that. At mm. 15, I was looking around in high school saying, why don't people get it? Why don't they understand that none of these things are focusing on matter, that you're here for a reason, that there's a purpose for your life, and they're seeking all of these Band-Aids. And for me, I've spent decades of my life in this journey to really understand what are all the Band-Aids we're thinking are our solutions, and what's the true deep core of how you get back to the heart of who you are, remembering who you are, living that out, and stripping out all of the stuff that doesn't really belong. During that process, I guess, you know, from, you know, the 15 year old to the 20s to doing the doing the thing and doing the hustle and having the dream job, what um, maybe coming into the next world and getting into, you know, the closer, I, I think I hear a lot of closer versus more, right, getting closer to maybe what's really truly resonating in your heart that you knew at 15. But what is the one maybe or two guardian principles that maybe helped you? throughout the several years here to get you where you are today? Mm. Yeah, such a good question. And it's funny because when you employ these lessons long enough, you just embody them. And sometimes, sometimes you don't even think about them. I often talk about that. What I've learned through this journey is that there's four levels of learning, right? Level one is where most of us stop, which is like, I learn it. I can recite it. I have it memorized. I feel like I've learned it. Huge mistake. As a society, this is what we think. Level two is I see it in other people, and I can write now start doing that. Again, a lot of people get stuck there. Level three is I start to see it in myself. But if you know anything about Pareto's principle, the 80-20 principle, right? 80% of the benefit comes from level four, which is like I learned this so deeply, I embody it. It is just the fabric of who I am. And it's a huge part of why I've stayed in this community so long um, and why when I interact with people, uh, often I'm able to help them see the principles that Nick's been teaching that's are in here from a different perspective because it just embody it. But to your point, I think for me, one of the biggest ones that I realized in the last six months or so is the concept of raising the floor. You know, when Nick first taught that, uh, it was very much from a business lens. How do you keep raising the floor in your business so you don't have these peaks and valleys? But then I really began to understand that it's a principle that applies everywhere. And ultimately, I realized it's been one of the things I've been teaching in my coaching principles to all my clients for years, which is like, how do you shorten the duration and depth of your worst days, moments or experiences? Because that's significant progress as a human. When I can begin to really understand what are the pieces of misalignment in my life that are creating emotional triggers, stress, anxiety, friction that are stealing my energy and not enabling me to really show up in the world in the most powerful way. Um, and when you knock those out day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, your life gets exponentially better. And um, it's an incredibly, incredibly powerful tool. Really appreciate you sharing those principles, Blake. There, there's another that I heard that I would love to get your reflections on, and that is this idea of playing your game. That you, you know, the we're we're all taught to play the 
pursuit of happiness game here in the USA. And the pursuit of happiness translates to collect as much prosperity, prestige, and stuff as you can. Uh, and, um, and, and that, and that happiness will, will come from that. What I heard in your, in your story is that, you know, that although, you know, our parents and society and school and, and our jobs might con- play on or, or condition us to leverage that programming that seeks safety and fitting in, um, that you, you were, it almost felt like you were returning to the, you know, the essence of who Blake always has been and was meant to be, become more of, but had, you know, got waylaid by, um, you know, what waylays all of us in terms of just, you know, our th- this deep desire by society to condition us to all be more or less the same and heading in the same direction as opposed to our own destination. So I, I would love and, and if you disagree with anything I just said, you know you better than I do. Um, but but if I'm if I'm in the neighborhood, I would love to get more of your insight as to like how how you you came back to you know returning to Blake and then leveraging Blake's uniqueness uh, and specialness to you know to to live a more fulfilling, meaningful life. Mm, thank you, Scott. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, playing your game has been huge for me. And again, it's a place where everything in personal development I see is these four levels of learning. It's an infinite game. It's like onion layers. You keep peeling. <clears throat> and so I believe I'll continue to do this the rest of my life, get better and better and better at playing my game. But to know me now is literally to know the polar opposite person I used to be. I was My parents divorced when I was uh, six and a half, seven that had an exponentially profound impact on my life. Um, And as a young child, I really became almost an adult very early on with a perspective that my value and my responsibility came from saving people. And I grew up in a fear-based home that was very structured. So I would have told you back in 2017 when I left corporate America, I'm a type A perfectionist. And the reason that I've been successful my whole career is because I work harder than everybody else and I will triangulate all of the answers so I know exactly how to win. That was all trauma and conditioning, every bit of it. Uh, I used to be so shy as a young child that my sister, older sister, would actually talk for me. I had no idea that shyness is actually trauma. All of these things had been impacting my life. Today, I live almost completely in flow. Uh, I I have three days a week that I pretty much don't schedule anything. I leave open to allow for uh, receptivity and what is going to come. And um, I live in the land of possibility, which is how God made me. I have always been able to see and connect things people could not, create things people could not, um, see the gold in every opportunity. It's why I've been able to transform huge businesses and transform people's lives over and over and over again. And all of the rules and restrictions and ways of which I should work were actually the thing keeping me in a box because as that young child, when I had all of these visions and these perspectives, people told me that's not possible. You can't do that. And yet 
if you understand how much my life has transformed in the last six years, everyone would have said it's not possible. And yet I'm right here. If you were to talk to my clients to see how much their life had shifted, everyone would have said it's not possible. And yet it is. And so to your point, Scott, I was able to come back to how God made me. God made me as somebody here to be an example, to show people what's possible, to step out of the fear, to step out of the box, to step out of all of the things that you think you have to be in and truly come back to the purpose of why you're here in this life. And it's why I felt so unsettled for so long, because my soul knew that I wasn't doing what I was meant here to do. And the more I have stepped into the work that gives me joy, passion, impact, the easier it's been to see what alignment and misalignment feel like and to start making the choices to choose me first. And this is what people don't understand that I've really come to this really understand is that you must be whole first in all parts to be able to be whole for other people and choosing yourself the thing that is your deepest desire, um, those are the things that God put into us to be a part of the blueprint of who we are. And if we don't understand that and we keep denying who we are, we create health issues, mental issues, emotional issues that end up becoming these huge blowups in our life. But they're completely avoidable if you can really begin to understand who you are, how you work best, and start making those moves. It doesn't have to be this huge leap. It literally can be plank by plank. So, so much, so much there. Um, so you mentioned trauma, and I guess I have so many questions, but if you could speak to, you know, I guess there's a stigma around trauma and people not wanting to be a victim or accepting that they've even had trauma or maybe what they went through seems like they shouldn't have trauma because maybe it's not as crazy as some of some other story they heard or some something that they heard someone go through. So they don't kind of give themselves the okay to say, yeah, I did experience trauma. Can you speak to any of that? Like as far as, you know, people having the stigma of like, I don't want to speak about trauma or I don't want to deal with my trauma or that, you know, you feel can help them live a more fulfilling life, maybe get to the next level in life or business, anything that you can, any tips, any advice, anything you want to share around that? Yes, I actually, I'm going to see if I can pull up my uh, a presentation that I did. I think it might be helpful because while I reference trauma, what I often say is the biggest thing that you need to start with. Um, can I share with you guys? Would it be possible? Is there a sharing screen? Oh, yeah. Present. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if it will let me do it. Who knows? Okay. Can you guys see this? I can bring it up for you. Sweet. Here you go. Okay. So I'll start here and then I'm going to try and slide three. So I always say there's three keys to alignment. And the first one is the mind. This is where almost everybody gets stuck. The second is the body, which is the shortcut to your inner compass. That's the, that's God speaking to you. That's the truest nature of who you are. And then finally is the soul, which is where you get to purpose, meaning, and your highest form of alignment. When you gain mastery over your brain, you can begin to hear your body and soul more clearly. So you have to do some of this mind work first. And the way you do that is clean the windshield 
right? I often say people have been driving 20 years cross country and they've never, ever cleaned their car, right? This is all of us. This is the human condition. So we have a very dirty lens and we can't see clearly. To your point, the question is like, how does trauma fit in here? So what I talk about is we want to remove the dirt on the windshield. And these are really the six areas that get in our way. Fear or survival-based cycles, limiting beliefs that we have, childhood or society conditioning, places where we misinterpret or we got off the train tracks based on experiences that happened to us that we didn't really understand how they were working for us. In many cases, we thought they happened to us, which is not true. Um, human biases, which we talk a lot about uh, in TGA, and then trauma. So those are really the key things, if you look at it, that sort of get in our way. I think there can be a lot of, to your point, perception about trauma. But the reason I want everyone to see the list is that it's much more extensive than that. And I would also tell you, it wasn't until the last couple of years that I would have even quantified what I went through as trauma, whether it's big T or little t. But we all go through it. If your parents went through a divorce, you went through trauma. Right. If you if you were shy, if you have if you had some sort of event happen to you where you felt like you were in danger or truly were, those are all pieces of trauma. And it is part of the human condition. The thing I really came to understand in this journey, because I spent so much time working on the mind, I got a degree in psychology. I've been studying this stuff for decades. And then I came into the world of TGA, Nick, et cetera, and we focus a lot on human biases. How are you thinking? What are maybe some of the belief systems? But what I came to see is there was a much deeper element, which ties back, which is what I always say, emotions plus tactics. And people don't understand the critical nature of dealing with not just what happened to you, but the emotions around it as a society we still believe inaccurately, in my opinion, that going to therapy is the, the solution for these things you've experienced. Nothing against that. I think it can be helpful, but I can tell you it's not the most effective way. Many times it forces you into these cycles where you're still a victim. And there's so many more effective ways to be able to process and release what you've experienced to go free. To go free. And that's really what this is about, is about freedom. And so when we experience things that are traumatic to us, whether uh, it was a traumatic experience to anybody else, we store that energy and that emotion in our body. And until we actually release that, we're actually creating um, sickness in our body and we're recreating and re-traumatizing ourselves every time certain things happen. So what I encourage people to begin to see in their life is, where are the places where I get emotionally triggered? What are the patterns continuing to show up in my life? I ended up here, um, thank you, Scott, because he had posted something about how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I was like, oh, I see that entirely differently. I talk a lot about life is always teaching you lessons. Are you learning? And the reason I say this is we think most of us think there's a blueprint out there that someone can solve our problem. If I just have this thing, I just know this person's process that will fix my problem. And what I will tell you is I consistently see you are getting lessons every single day. And if you solve the lessons right in front of your face, you raise the floor. You remove all of the stuff out of your way that's misaligned and life gets infinitely better. 
How you do one thing is how you do everything. This ties back to those six things I just said to you earlier. My perspective on what I've seen over and over and over again, whatever that belief system, limiting belief, trauma, et cetera, that you've experienced, it's like a spider web in your life. And you will keep getting the lesson over and over and over again until you learn it. How you do one thing is how you do everything. I'll give you an example. I have a client, Cammie. She runs a liquor store. She was having a really hard time uh, getting time off and letting her employees take it over. She realized she had a belief system that she hated shopping for all the liquor. So therefore, all of her team members must hate shopping for the liquor. So we start talking about this and she's like, oh, I realized that was a complete false belief. And I asked somebody on my team and they took over shopping for the liquor and they were so happy. And she's like, I fixed my misalignment. And I went, "Mm, that's level three out of levels of learning. What's level four? What's deeper beyond that? Because she got very emotional about it. And she said to me, I'd never ask somebody to do something I wouldn't do for myself. I'm like, all right, let's talk about that. What's going on underneath that? Right. And then when you can dive underneath that, you can then understand the belief system, the pattern, the trauma, the whatever that's showing up everywhere. Because guess what? How you do one thing is how you do everything. Not only would Kami not delegate at work, she also would never ask for or take help in her personal life. It was everywhere. And so when you can begin to understand that life is always teaching you lessons, that there's no shame in having anything that comes from the human condition. We all have human biases because of the way our brains are formed and what we experience as children. Our two greatest fears are lack of survival and abandonment. And whatever you experience as a young child when your brain isn't formed, trauma or experiences you're gonna blame yourself And you're going to identify with my value comes from X based on what you're praised for or what you get. If you never solve those problems, you'll continue to experience them all the time as an adult. So when you can begin to sort of separate from this idea that trauma is bad, talking about your emotions is bad, this is to be a long and painful process, none of these things are true. And you can begin to go, huh, I'm human. Yep. Maybe I do have fears that I'm not as good as everybody else. And guess what? That's the most common fear most people have. And guess what? You can actually get rid of it. And how different might your life be if all of these places where you have friction, stress, anxiety, emotional triggers are no longer there. And that's really been what my experience has been. That's been the work I've been doing for the last six years. Um, And the freedom on the other side is tremendous. And so I really... At the heart of it, I, I want people to, uh, to understand it can be that easy. It really can be. Um, when you can remove the judgment of what you're experiencing and instead look at it and say, life is always working for me. What is this teaching me? What am I ready to release? How might this be showing up so that I can finally move more into joy, peace, alignment, happiness? Because that has been my experience. Nice. Just a couple. Uh, we, we, we've got the Blake Schofield fan club <laughs> hanging out in the uh, in the Facebook group. And uh, 
I'm sure if you go into the Facebook group, all these people actually have names that they're using, but we can't see them in here at the, the stream yard. So that is awesome. One, so just to, to tug on this thread a little bit more, Blake, what, I, what I'm hearing, um, I love your, I love your, that articulation because what I'm hearing and what you're saying is something I entirely agree with, which is in order, in order to, in order to work on the problem instead of allowing the problem to continue to work on us, whatever that problem is, it requires us to bring in our full conscious awareness and, and be in full contact with reality, with what's really going on. And, and I love what you said about like that non-judgment. Um, you know, I, I, I encourage my clients when they're um, articulating their, their challenges, their difficulties, um, let's, let's just strip away all the adjectives, adverbs, judgments, and, and, um, you know, narrative around this. And let's just articulate the problem. Cause if we can just get the problem in front of us and hold it out at arm's length, we can actually work the problem instead of the other way around. So, um, I really love that because you also referenced, you know, what, what came to my mind. I don't remember your exact wording, but you know, when we don't face these things with our full conscious awareness, they just continue to work on us. And so, you know, that old saying, what we resist persists. And, you know, my, one of my favorite Robert Frost quotes is the way out is through, which I really believe is true. But what you're pointing to is step one, which many of us never initiate, which is before you can start stepping through, you actually have to step into that situation. So, I, I really, I really love um, all that you were saying. And just to kind of clarify the, um, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I, it, it, in the, the post that I was referencing, um, it was someone that was attributing their success in business to the fact that they started working out and got all jacked. And it's like, okay, is that a, causation thing or is that maybe a correlation thing like i get it like there's a discipline to you know getting all pumped up and fit that might translate into your business but i don't think it's i don't think it's absolutely causal so um i don't know if that clarifies um the point i was trying to make initially or not but i just again what i want to highlight and i would love it's for you to just, you know, speak, speak to this further or, or make sure that I'm on point. It is, it, it is, it is required. If we're going to make progress in our lives, we actually have to, and you spoke to this earlier, we have to recognize that we're born sufficient and whole, possessing everything that we need to thrive and survive and live meaningful, fulfilled lives. And yes, bad things can happen to good people. It's the narrative around those things that holds us back much more than just the things themselves. If we can change the way that we think about and approach and work through these things, that we can actually get ourselves back on track and, and step back into the becoming that maybe has always been intended all along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I truly believe that, that uh, we are not broken. And, and I think it's the narrative that we are broken that creates this perspective that we need to hide that or that there's something wrong with us. Um, 
one of the most heartbreaking things is to see people feel alone in the journey. You know, for me, like I said, when I was seven, I knew I was different. And that was very challenging because I didn't see other people like me. And I think often we disassociate from the very gifts that we've been given because it's not like everyone else. Even though, right, there's, as Dr. Jeff says, there's only one of you in all of creation. There's a reason that you've been gifted what you've been gifted, right? As a kid, I really wanted to be the person that could show up at the party and be the life of the party. But guess who I was? I was the person that ended up in a two or three hour conversation. I knew this person better than their entire family, right? I've always been that person that could go deep and really get to know people, And it was through this journey that I realized that's one of my greatest gifts. That's how I've been successful at everything is that I could see how everyone was putting band-aids on things to your point, Scott, instead of addressing the root cause of what was really happening. And so I think it's important for people to understand you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you, right? And you're not alone in this journey. And when I began to really understand the power behind that, that there were so many more people like me. When I left corporate America in early 2017, all I knew was um, go help people who are unfulfilled in their careers. That's really what started this journey. I had no idea what would transpire to be what is the most amazing magic carpet ride of my life. Um, But I was willing to surrender, see the world for what it was, as opposed to what I wanted it to be, um, and begin to allow the steps to unfold, begin to trust myself intuitively, and learn how to strip away all of these things that have been in my way. And so I love, you know, the commentary and what's happening in this group, because people are beginning to own who they were as kids. And the last several months have really unlocked so much of that for me, like the childhood joy of who I always have been that was hidden underneath all of the shoulds and all of the narratives and all of the stories that I told myself when uh, the way that I saw the world didn't feel acceptable. Um, you know, I often tell this story that I was an avid reader as a young kid. I just have a voracious desire to learn and create. And I have a great imagination. And I remember one time my mom, my sister saying to my mom, mom, could you please tell her to stop talking like an adult? It embarrasses me. <laughs> and, and I know Scott is a guy who uses big words. You probably appreciate this. Um, I was mortified because I loved and adored my sister and it made me feel in that moment or the belief system that I formed in that moment is I'm not okay and I have to hide who I am and I need to pretend to be somebody else and fit in. And we all have those experiences, but often they get so deeply buried and so heavily conditioned that we don't even realize it. And we really have no idea the gold that's sitting underneath going back to who you've always been. Um, If I could, I wish I could bottle up literally the joy and happiness I have every day and just let people experience it. I see so much suffering in the world. And what I say to people is, 
pain is inevitable. We are going to have, you must have um, pain in order to experience joy, right? There's a season for everything. We should experience every human emotion and we don't know how to do that well, but you can learn how to do that in a way that doesn't create these mental spirals and these anxieties and all of these problems. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And what I really came to understand through the journey was that it is our clinging to, our distracting or avoiding from, or our desire to like control the outcome that creates the suffering. Because when I looked at the journey, what I came to see is I've rapidly removed over and over and over again misalignment in my life and made huge changes. Um, And it just gets easier for me, to be honest, every time I do it. Um, What I came to really realize is what preceded the breakthrough? In every case, it was surrendering. It was surrendering to this is my circumstance in reality as it is. And I give up control of whatever's going to happen. Just say, you know, this is it for me. That's giving it to God and saying, all right, I see this. I don't have control of this. I let go of the outcome, right? I surrender it to you. Show me where to go. And I have found the faster that I recognize, hey, there's pain. What's the pain teaching me? Huh? I recognize it. I surrender it. I don't know what the right solution is, but I give it up. Um, the faster and easier the journey gets to creating more peace, more joy, more ease, um, and continuing to raise the floor. This has been great, Blake. There's a lot to uh, to unpack. What um what are you working on? How can you know people reach out to you or connect with you? What are next steps for anyone that's interested in reaching out? Yeah, thank you. As a result of sort of my transformation, um, really my life, my business has been uh, a mirror of my life. It's continued to evolve as I've evolved. So I actually have put the Bridge to Fulfillment under transformation. That's going to come back as something entirely different. Um, what I'm doing right now is uh, doing my work through Ascend, which is really helping uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs unlock their alignment, right, uh, across all areas, business and life. Um, and it's such an amazing joy. I'm also running a small group right now and thinking about maybe running a second one, teaching people the path to alignment and community with one another. And um, I will be at the upcoming uh, Gray Wolf event for those people that are there. Would love to hopefully see you two there and, um, you know, just continue to collaborate. Um, to me, what I have learned is uh, the power of proximity is massive. When you can be in the right rooms with people, transformation can happen very seamlessly. And uh, like I said, I just feel blessed to be a part of this community and help any way that I can. Love it. As uh, someone who just came back from uh, an event with some very cool people, I can attest that proximity and access uh, should not ever be underestimated. Blake, I love this conversation. I love the message of surrender, uh, you know, letting go is not giving up. Uh, that that was super powerful and a big takeaway for me. So um, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. We're, we're going to have to beg you to come back again sometime really soon. But uh, that was fantastic. Any any final words from you, Vivica, before we uh, wrap up and 
get on with our days. Just, just thank you for, you know, being, being honest and being raw and just kind of putting it out there. It's not, it's not easy to talk about the things that you talk about. So it, it, it's, it does make it easier coming from, you know, someone who can deliver it in the way you do. So I appreciate you. Thank you. What a blast this has been. And uh, yeah, I would love to come back. It's so much fun. All right. We'll do for, for sure. All right, gang, that's it for today. We've got a couple more uh, exciting guests coming up before uh, this year ends. So stay tuned for uh, what's coming up. And um, yeah, Blake, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you.